0: 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad
1: in the extra hour every day, at least through the end of next week, and as long as the Oilers are in the playoffs, we will be here until 3pm Mountain Time with you. Or, of course, via the podcast, which we work so diligently at to get out for you in a timely manner. Appreciate you listening today. It's been a fun one, as we anticipated, after a wild game four. A wild, not so much in the sense of the score. There hasn't been a ton of drama score-wise in this series at all, through four games, which is now down to a best-of- by the way but overshadowing the Oilers win has been essentially the hijinks that took place at the end of the game between the fight and now the suspension for Darnell Nurse one game suspension there for the instigator penalty that one isn't necessarily a judgment call, ladies and gentlemen. If it's in the five minutes or final five minutes of a game, the NHL uh, left without a choice. So Jay Woodcroft, as a result, is ten thousand dollars lighter in the pocketbook, and we still await the ruling on Alex Petrangelo. I think the nurse ruling likely complicating the Petrangelo ruling. In all honesty, that's that, I, I wouldn't want to be inside that boardroom right now, and I couldn't because I
2: work in Edmonton, so I'd be wildly biased. <laughs> Yes, yes you would be <laughs> wildly biased but that's okay that's okay we don't yeah. mind wildly biased
1: no uh I'll tell you yeah we'll'll uh, we'll, we'll get into the goaltending matchup a little All later right. on We'll protect the net in, in a bit right now it, it's time for our headliner we got a game tonight we want to talk about, and to do so, we bring aboard our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Always a privilege to talk to Everett Fitzhugh here on Oilers Now. Everett, you're on with Brendan and Cam. How are you doing today?
0: Fellas, doing well. Game five and. six study, muggy Dallas. It's not a bad day. Not a bad day. <laughs> I guess so. And
1: yeah, I'll tell you what, I've been listening to you and Dave Tomlinson call this series uh, pretty well every game there on my my uh, XM radio app. Yeah, I'll Pull the curtain back, well, everybody. Well, you, <laughs> you didn't, didn't actually uh, say that, did you? <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, Everett, it's been a blast listening to Seattle kicking around in a series with this Stars team and even taking it to them a little bit. What has the vibe been like now with a couple second-round playoff games there at, uh, at Climate Pledge Arena. How are you enjoying this run so far?
0: Oh man, it's it's been fun and, and I think that's that's the, the main word that a lot of the players, a lot of the folks in the front office, even the coaching staff will tell you, it's about having fun and you ask anybody around the NHL where they thought this Kraken team would end up at the end of the season. Most folks would say around 500, you know, you look at what Detroit and Ottawa did this season, they were, they were in a playoff race until about three or four weeks left in the season and they kind of tailed off. If you would have told a lot of folks that would be Seattle's year, meaningful games in March, but then you just kind of start to, 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 to drift back a little bit, I think people would have been happy. But now the fact that you've knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champions, you are now tied 2-2 uh, with the Dallas Stars and a team that arguably you know, has, has got one of the best goaltenders in the league And Jake Ottinger. You're able to solve him. You chased him out of the net um, in game three. Now, and, and not to mention, you're doing all of this without really changing your style of play. The Kraken have not changed how they played in the regular season for the postseason. So now they're doing all this by committee, but it's been fun. The guys are loose. The guys are white. They're throwing tape rolls at each other in the locker room. They're chirping on, uh, at morning skates. You know, it's, it's a very, um, I call it casual Friday, right? Still business-like. We're still working, but you know what? We're not wearing ties in the office. It's, it's, it's a very light atmosphere, and I think that's been a part of the big reason for this team's success.
2: And it looks like that balanced attack that you had through the regular season has continued here in the playoffs. At my count, 17 different players that have scored a goal in the playoffs to this point. How important has that
0: been to their success? It's been huge because you, 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 can't, you can't slow that down. And the number one question that we were asked, I've been asked ever since these playoffs started, can Seattle do this without the, the closer, right? Seattle doesn't have a McDavid or a McKinnon, an Austin Matthews. They don't have that game breaker that can take over a game when you need a goal it's going to fall on that guy's shoulders. But Seattle hasn't needed that. You know, you look at the fourth line in particular, Daniel Sprong in the regular season, 11 and a half minutes of ice time on average. He had 46 points this year. Brandon Tannehill, 95% of the games he played in were on the fourth line. He's coming off of his first 30-point uh, campaign of his career. So for Seattle, it's been by committee. You know, Jared McCann scoring 40 goals, adding 30 more assists, and and for him, you know, he's not on a lot of players, top 50, uh, a lot of people's top 50 players list in the NHL. It's been by committee and, and they've been able to do that all year long. You look at how this team plays a very relentless forecheck, really good in transition through the neutral zone. You know, it's not the vaunted one, three, one uh, of, of the LA Kings, but it's still tough to get through. And the Kraken also, they set the pace. They're a very fast, pacey team. Uh, Um, And I think Dallas, and even Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Stars, said this in game one. After game one, it took them about a period and a half to realize, oh, Lord, we're not playing Minnesota anymore. You know, this is a quick team, not the heaviest team. We're not going to bruise you. uh, Not going to lean on you too much, but we'll skate right by and score
1: We've been talking, Everett, about this Oilers and and, um, Golden Knights series, and it just seems like there hasn't been two teams on the same ice surface playing great hockey yet, and we're four games through. How would you evaluate that in terms of the Kraken and the Stars? Do you think it's been a weird sort of back-and-forth battle in a similar sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely I mean this is, this is like a boxing match right you, game one the Kraken come out and, and deliver the, the devastating left hook and then you come back for game two um, didn't quite have their game Dallas wakes up and, and they take it to Seattle game three first game back in, in Seattle uh, you know the Kraken a, a nice uppercut to the jaw with a 7-2 win 12 players with points 7 different goal scores and then in game four a couple nights ago uh, very much like game too. Seattle playing a little bit tight. Dallas has woken up. Um, didn't didn't take that too well, and, and they let you know about it. So for Seattle, uh, games two and games four remind me a lot of game six in the first round against the Avalanche. I talked to Adam Larson after that game, and he told me that we were a little bit too tight. We were playing like a team that had something to lose. And it sounds so cliche, but the Kraken are at their best when they keep it light, when they keep it loose, when they don't take themselves too seriously if you will and and we saw that a little bit a couple of nights ago. We can talk all you want to about the goaltender interference that was or that wasn't, the missed penalties that were called that weren't called. But the fact of the matter is, 10 shots through two periods, you miss a couple of great a scoring chances. You can't capitalize on that. That's how the Kraken lost that game. And I, I do a one-on-one with our coach every day, uh, Dave Haxtell, and he said, you know, we can come up with all the excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, it falls on our shoulders. We were not good enough in game four. Four, and that's ultimately why we lost that game.
2: Tell me about Philip Grubauer uh, in the playoffs. In the games that uh, that Seattle have won, he has looked, I think, very, very good. Has he taken it up a notch here in the playoffs than, uh, than from the regular season?
0: I think he has. I think he has. And and listen, it's been a it's been a, a winding road for Philip Grubauer since really the summer uh, that he signed last year. You know, when you think about coming into to the inaugural season, I remember reading a, an article in the Athletic that had Philip Grubauer and Chris Drieger at the time as the third best tandem going into the NHL uh season for 2122. Well, then of course Grubauer and Dreger they both uh you know have various injuries. Drieger gets COVID and gets sick. And, um, you know, so now you're going in the year two in the summertime. Well, then Drieger gets injured in the gold medal game of the world championship for team Canada, enter Martin Jones. He's come, he came in 27 wins to help, hold the four down for Seattle. Grubauer's numbers weren't quite where he wanted them to be. He had an injury that he suffered earlier in the season, but now that he's, you know, getting, he got the net back full time, the last six weeks of the season leading into the playoffs were some of the best hockey that we've seen Grubauer play in a cracking uniform. And and even though the record might not have been uh, where he would have liked, he was still making those big saves. He looked really good, but just wasn't getting a lot of support in front of him and the Kraken really used the last handful of weeks of the season to ramp up to the playoffs and that goes double for Philip Grubauer then you enter the playoffs and then against the Colorado Avalanche which for me was the perfect matchup for both Grubauer and the Kraken you're familiar with that team and Philip Grubauer you're familiar with the building you know the tendencies and all of that all of that stuff that we maybe overlook sometimes came into play and I think Grubauer looks so comfortable he looks so poised he looks so calm in the net in that Avalanche series, frustrating Ratman and McKinnon and McCarr and all those guys who um, you know are, are their their blue chip. A players, uh, he, he shut them down, and he's doing the same thing here in the Dallas series. Jason Robertson, and Ropey have not been able to find their regular season form. Joe Pavelski is now a four-letter word in Seattle with all the tipped goals and all of the, the offense he's been able to provide, but for the most part he's really settled in, and I think for me, and he's eliminated any question of who the number one goaltender is on this team moving forward in the next year.
1: Chatting with the radio play-by-play voice of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh here on Oilers Now. Ty Kerchie has been an interesting case study here in, uh, well, perseverance, I would suggest. He was productive at the Sioux, though, Everett, and, and not drafted by the Kraken, correct, but signed and ends up being the rookie of the year in the American Hockey League this year with Coachella Valley before coming up and now has seven playoff games under his belt. This has been a real fun one to watch, I bet, for you guys.
0: Yeah, and, and for me, you know, I, 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 we interviewed him after the Game 3 win on the radio, and, and I said, I've been waiting for this for a long time. How does it feel just to, to be parachuted in to the middle of a playoff run uh, in Denver and he goes honestly it was so surreal um, but the way that he plays his game transitions so well to the NHL level because he can score for you he's got some size he's 22 years old and I mean he was passed over in the draft three times and, and he goes to the American League signed uh, by Seattle and and he has not looked a hair out of place in these playoffs he's got gotten two really big goals he's added an assist as well um for this team and for him he he can score he can skate really well and he's got a little bit of meat to his game he's got a little bit of size and physicality that may be underrated and a lot of folks don't don't realize is coming uh, he's delivered a couple of thundering checks in this series against Dallas and he's fit in really well on that top line um with McCann or with um Eberle and Beneers, excuse me with McCann's injury now that McCann is back they slid him back uh to the fourth line during the game in game four um but then you know you kind of make a little bit of switch a little tweaking in game but for Ty Cartier and this is an opportunity that he's getting he's running with it and now you know With the offseason coming up, the top nine for the Seattle Kraken are all under contract uh, through next season and beyond, uh, at least next season and and some further than that. But you've got your bottom three forwards that you need to to figure out what you want to do with there. A couple of guys are up for contracts. A couple guys on the blue line are up for contracts. Vince Dunn is expecting a pretty big payday. So what do you do? Ty Cartier, I think, is is playing himself into the lineup uh, to start next season. And, and, And if he continues to have... Have, uh, a productive postseason like he's been having so far, he's going to be given every opportunity in camp coming up in September to make this team.
2: It was in December when the the Kraken found Ellie Tolvin in off of waivers from Nashville. And it looks like through the, I, I know when the Oilers played Seattle, I, I really noticed them. And what an astute pickup. How's he been here in the playoffs?
0: he's been great he, he, he that line of Tolvanen Gord and Oliver Bjorkstrand probably has been the best line for the Seattle Kraken over the last eight weeks uh and and that's that's full stop because a little bit of everything on that line but I tolvenin Tolvanen people forget he's a first rounder I know he was he was 29th 30th when he was drafted but still he's picked in the first round and and when you can find a type of a player like that he needed a new change of scenery you know, the, the Kraken were were chastised a bit for not making any moves at the deadline. Well, I mean, well, I can argue that Ellie Tolvanen was was a pre-deadline move. You go and sign him, but he, he generates offense. He's quick. He can play in all situations for this team. He has a sneaky, lethal shot that a lot of folks don't realize. Um, but for Tolvanen, he just finds the net. He finds the puck. He works hard. He is your prototypical third-line guy but he can chip in 20, 30 points for you. And I, I'd be interested to see if he was here in Seattle for the full season and, and, and was able to to play in this system. How many points would he have uh, just based off of what he's been able to do? But in the postseason, again, he's got a couple of big goals for Seattle. He's made a couple of big plays for this team in the, in the last couple of rounds. But Tolvanen is, is one of those guys that when when you, you shut down Baneers, when you shut down some of those players in the top, top six, that third line, and, and importantly, Tolvin and Yanni Gord, they can step up for you when needed, and he's done that for Seattle.
1: Let me wrap up with this uh, as we chat with Everett Fitzhugh here on the Seattle Kraken. He'll be calling the game tonight down in Dallas. Pretty big, mean decor when you look at the likes of Carson Soucy, Adam Larson, uh, Jamie Alexiak's never hard to find on the ice. Uh, just tell me what that does in terms of anchoring or helping anchor, I guess, the efforts, particularly in a playoff setting for a team that you know hasn't necessarily uh, had a ton of experience together, even if they've got some individual playoff experience.
0: You know, this is one of the best teams, 5 on 5, in the NHL, and I think that the highest scoring 5 on 5 team in the NHL, and, and a lot of that has to do, I think, with the play from the back end. Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, I mean, you can probably drop them as the number one pair on 15 teams around the league, 16 teams around the league, They They immediately slide in as your top pair. Then the, the development of, of Vince Dunn's game this season with the help of Adam Larson has been uh, wonderful to see. But I think another name you mentioned in there, the unsung hero of this defensive core, I think is Jamie Alexiak. We've seen him use his size to his advantage in this postseason. Never known for being that physical, right? You know, but he's using his his reach. He, he's being physical in this series. He's leaning in the guys. He's giving out some pretty big hits. He's blocking shots and disrupting uh, passing lanes and shooting lanes for for the opposition. And and he's really, I think, quietly probably had the best series defensively out of anybody on this Kraken roster, and I'd be willing to even go, as far as say the entire postseason, Jamie Alexiak has been your best defenseman back there. So, for for Seattle, that has been a really strong point for the Kraken when you can have that decor. Justin Schultz missed a handful of games earlier this year to injury, but Will Borgen, who didn't play until I think he set out the first 20 one games of last year he's played every single game for seattle this season um and and he and carson susie really have um have, have done well as a defensive pair uh for seattle borgen or um, uh, alexiak and schultz they've kind of gone on and off together as well but for for the defensive core they can chip in offensively and they really help lead um that that tough four checking style they back check really well they're very rarely out of position um on the ice for seattle so that that has been a big piece to this team's success and i think you're right it starts with a guy like alexiak and of course the former oiler adam larson great stuff ever excellent insight from you and I, I really hope you enjoy calling the game with dave tonight Looking forward to it, fellas, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe if we keep this train rolling, it's a matchup with Edmonton in the in the third round. I've uh, always wanted to experience Stanley Cup playoff hockey in Canada. It's on my bucket list, so hopefully uh, I, I'm able to check that off this, se- this season.
2: Well, if that happens, Everett, we're taking you to Pub 1905, okay? <laughs> Let's go there. I'm down. I'm yeah, down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everett fits you. Thank you so
1: much. Take care, fellas. Always a pleasure. All right. There's the voice of the Seattle Kraken on the radio airwaves. We're making Derek Scott work on the other side of the glass. We'll press pause. Lots of text to get to when we come back.
0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio. 630 Ched.
1: Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more. Still making it great. You can get their new Canadian Club Pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes as well. Visit RoyalPizza.ca. We're gonna get our finger on the pulse of Leafs Nation uh, when we come after this. Come back after this next news break. Adam Lascaris writes for uh, Offside. It's the Daily Hive. If you've seen that online publication, it's their sports department. So we'll connect with Adam for the first time on the show. And uh, what's it like to have? Boots on the ground of the center of the hockey world in a series in which they were down three games to none. Now, clinging on at three games to one. We'll find that out after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.